And look at it go. He could go all the way. Touchdown. 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 The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Coming up the middle. Free safety. Gotta get it go. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Come on and shout. Kelly with a deep drop takes a long look. He's got a man open. Andre Reid, he's in the end zone for a touchdown. How do you do? One second remaining on the clock. Jack Eichel wins it in overtime. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. All right, welcome to episode number 40 of One Before I Die. Shout out to that Siv Carter Hutton. That's the only 40 on the top of my mind right now. We're back for another episode. We're kicking it in quarantine still. And we got you know a few things to talk about. Um, but you know life's still kind of the same as it's been the past few weeks. Uh, I think over across the country, some states are starting to open up a little bit more. I know that some states have opened like outdoor bar areas and i know that some states have opened restaurants for like limited capacity which is weird because i saw on twitter the other day a clip of someone at dinner like out to dinner in arizona and it just was weird that that is weird now seeing someone at an actual restaurant it's the first time in a while i've seen that but um still doing the same thing here uh and uh let's bring in ethan get him introduced how's it going over there yeah, it's hanging in there. Like you said, just kind of normal that not going to restaurants, you know, just staying at home. So um, in Illinois, I mean, nothing's opened back up yet. Just still staying at home. So, yeah, I think I saw a couple of clips like that, and I also thought it was weird. But just grinding it, grinding it out. Yeah, staying grinding. Got to keep it grinding. Um, but – We'll get we'll dive into a couple topics here. Things that I guess came across my mind this past week that I saw on Twitter or wherever they may have been. Um, uh, we're a little bit Bills related. There's obviously a little bit more bad news with the Bills, as most people know, with Ed Oliver. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but w- one thing I did see, and most Bills fans, if not all of them, saw, was Josh Allen and him throwing to some rookies in Southern California this past week. I believe he was with Zach Moss, Gabriel Davis. I think there was the other wide receiver that we drafted late was also there. I'm not sure. I forgot his name. But yeah, Isaiah, um, Isaiah Hodges, was it? Yeah, it might have been that guy. But to me, I don't know. Obviously, this is a little small story that might have not been talked about at all if this whole quarantine thing wasn't go- was going down because, you know, right now they'd be at OTAs, I believe. So this probably wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for this isolation thing. But um, I mean, this jacked me up, to be honest. Like I said, a small little thing, but just to see, you know, Josh Allen out there slinging the rock to a couple hungry rookies, um, you know, nothing better to wake up to your timeline to see that, go, you know, those guys grinding with the season coming right around the corner. You know, you don't see that a lot with other teams, I guess. I, I saw today, maybe um, Big Ben was back throwing with a couple receivers, but I don't know, just a young quarterback and his rookies coming in, getting to know each other, getting on the same page, building chemistry, just to see that, you know, put in that work, it, it jacked me up for the season, and, and that's what you like to see. 
No, I agree. I mean, it was a sight for sore eyes. I mean, I think we're all itching to get on the field, get everything going for the 2020 season. So to see Allen, you know, like you were saying, throwing to some rookies, getting acclimated, maybe building some chemistry, like seeing Zach Moss out there, even though he's not a receiver, but still, you know, getting reps in with the QB, building some rapport, you know, catching some out of the backfield. Um, and then it's good to see those rookie wide receivers because they know that they probably got a, a little way ahead of them to making the team with how many different receivers we brought in this off season. Right. So they're probably thinking, you know, if I really want to have a shot of making this final, you know, final roster, I got to put in some real work here. I mean, you're fighting for basically two spots because you already know three are locked in as we've talked about, I feel like over the last several weeks now. So, I mean, when you you're fighting for guys that already had spots last year and, you're not a you know high draft pick. I think we got both of these guys in. Uh, I know we got we got um, Gabe Davis in the fourth round, Isaiah Hodgins in the uh, sixth round. So uh, you know they're not shoeins to make this roster by any means. So see them putting the work in with the QB is good. And it, like you said, it got me fired up for football season. Got me ready for some uh, Bills football. I don't know if you watched any of the clips too in depth, but. Um... I watched, you know, the one of the, the big montage of pretty much all the, you know, the, the majority of it. And dude, Josh Allen was throwing seeds out there. I mean, obviously they're only going to show the good throws. Like they're not going to put a montage together of Allen, you know, overthrowing his receiver, throwing it to the ground on an hour, hour route or something like that. But I mean, the throws that they showed, I mean, he's got some zip on that ball as we all, all know. And over this week, I've also heard little rumblings. I know, I, pr- I think I know how you're going to react to this, but you know, people are kind of getting on the Josh Allen train saying he might be a sleeper for MVP this year. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, but I've heard rumblings that people are getting a little antsy with that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? No, I don't have you, that. have you heard that though? I mean, I've seen like one or two, like saying it's kind of, you know, cause nobody picked, uh, I, the comparison I was seeing was that like, nobody really thought about Lamar Jackson being, an MVP candidate last year. So like in the off season, his odds were crazy high for MVP. So peace, I'm, I don't know, you know, gambling Twitter saying, you know, watch out for, you know, Josh Allen getting some receivers on him, you know, another year under his belt can run physical, big, big guy. They like throwing like a little, little money on him doing MVP. I don't know. To me, love Josh Allen. I think he's got some other things to figure out before we start throwing him in an MVP conversation. But yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, kind of the dark horse pick, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, would I love to see it? Yes. Am I putting money on him to win MVP? No. Um, I think he's got, I, as for as much as talk as you're seeing that some people are picking him MVP, I, I've been seeing a lot of talk on the other, other way saying there's a lot of slander going his way still, I think, for his accuracy issues. And, um, you know, I, I've been seeing those, you know, those memes about how how long is going to take Stefan Diggs to get upset when Josh Allen overthrows him for the 40th time mm. in a game. So I you know I I think we we saw last year um there's a lot to work out I think. This is going to be a big step this year. I've said it all off season. I mean, we hammered him last year on those long balls, right? That you know, I don't care if you have Diggs or Jerry Rice, if he's not throwing the ball within five feet of a receiver when he's throwing a bomb, it's, nobody's catching the football. So I think he's got a lot of he's got a lot of things to work on before we start talking MVP wise. There's yeah. one thing that I think that's different between him and Lamar Jackson was Lamar Jackson really didn't get 
he didn't get the same sample size of games going into his quote unquote MVP season, right? Like Josh Allen played a full season last year. So we kind of know your baseline with him where last year, Lamar Jackson, you kind of didn't know what you got with him. So maybe some people took a flyer on him and he panned out really well, obviously. But that being said, I mean, this is kind of getting off track here. I'm still not sold on Lamar Jackson being like a sick. I, I think he's got a lot of hype to live up to here. Like I think he's in a prime spot to slump. Yeah, I think he's the kind of the quarterback where he can kind of get RG three ish. I know this is not a Ravens podcast, but I just want to say, like, if you put a gun to my head, would I rather have Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? I don't think it's that clear cut of an answer. I'm not talking about for one season. Yeah. I'm talking about like who's going to be a quarterback for your franchise? And I think it's the I same think thing. Answer to say Lamar Jackson. I think there's he's still got a lot to prove. I think that he can do what he did last year consistently. So. And I think that that's kind of the common theme I would say for that QB class. Like I'm not ready to write off Baker Mayfield yet either or Sam Darnold. You know what I mean? Like even though they haven't really performed up to their yeah. potential, uh, you know, Baker. I think had the that. only one I'm ready to write off is Rosen. Right. Yeah. And God, man, I mean, speaking of, speaking of that guy, remember when, dude, when the Bills drafted Allen, I mean, myself included, just the who's and ha's like that, that one camera angle from mm-hmm. Buffalo, the the booze and and now speaking of Rosen, he's not even gonna be he's gonna be a what a third stringer in, in Miami. He might not even sniff a field again as a starter in the NFL. Um but yeah, no, I, I'd agree. I, I'm not taking Lamar Jackson right over Allen right now. I like you said, yeah, we kinda got a little bit off off track there, but I did hear a little bit whispers of people kind of hyping up Allen this year and and you know that video, like I said, he was throwing some absolute seeds, which you love to see. Um, another thing on Allen, I did see that I believe he also plans to travel, I think this upcoming week or maybe next week down to Florida. So he's kind of just bouncing all around here. I think he's going to start getting some reps in with digs and I may, I maybe saw that John Brown would be involved there as well. So get the rookies going, you know, in SoCal, get them acclimated. Like you said, get the chemistry bill in and then you go bang right down to Southern Florida get in there with the new guy digs john brown in the mix and, and and keep it going so i mean i just that that just gives me you know gets the juices flowing gets me moving and grooving about this upcoming season how he's just kind of he's always had that work ethic we know but now just all see it come together kind of and with all the teams or the, all the pieces we have around the bills and, and him this year gets you excited so um looking forward to that now on to some not as good news with the bills um this past week saturday night at oliver was charged with a DWI and also gun possession, gun charges. Uh, he was pulled over. I got like an article up right here from ESPN. Uh, so he got pulled over and he was drunk driving, obviously. And he had like an open beer in between his legs. He did a sobriety test. Uh, the officer that did the sobriety test thinks that he was also impaired by something other than alcohol, but they you know, couldn't prove that or anything. Discovered a pistol in Oliver's vehicle, um, but no other drugs were found. Uh, I mean, this obviously is no, no bueno, right? At Oliver, we've kind of been, you know, me and you especially too, been hyping up this upcoming year. We said that he's going to be, you know, a kind of a breakout sophomore. He came in as a rookie and he was pretty good. Um, didn't get as many reps, but now he's kind of more, you know, in, in, in line with the defense this year. There's going to be a lot more plans for him. Thought he was going to have a breakout season. I think you even said, you, you know, that's the one guy in your radar that you're watching to have a really breakout season. And I'm not saying that that can all happen, but with this going on, I, who knows if he's going to be on the field for that much because he's probably going to suspended a little bit. And even just not the on-field stuff, the off-field issues, you just don't want to have one of your players driving around and getting a DWI, right? I mean, give me your thoughts on this. 
my first thought is like, where are you going? It's like quarantine right now. There's no reason for you. Like if you're going to do that stuff, just stay home and do it. And well, and before you, before you uh, go on there, we also like a, a couple days earlier, there was a, there was a armed robbery charges against the cornerback from the giants and the cornerback from Seattle. So like these guys, NFL players running wild right now during quarantine, like what, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I don't get it. Um, honestly, it caught me way off guard because I think we, like you said, we were hyping him up a few episodes ago and I even targeted him as a guy that I thought was going to have a breakout season. Like you just outlined there, but it really is a shock to me because one of the reasons why I picked him is because I thought he had just this intense work ethic where he's just a kind of a grinder mentality, just like, you know what I mean? Fits into our hundred percent fits into kind of why McDermott and Bean drafted him. I mean, he, this is the kind of move that you'd see out of uh, Marcel Darius or, you know, the Rex Ryan era where you just have a bunch of guys that wanted to be, you know, big showboats, big time players be in the spotlight type of deal. I didn't see this out of Ed Oliver at all, especially with his progression last year, especially with how he uh, presented himself to the media, like in his interviews. and Yeah, his, his interviews, man. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I was going to say. Like, he, even when he just got drafted, like him, like getting so hyped to walk up to Goodell to give him a big hot on a draft night, he just didn't see, you know, he had that fucking vibe to him. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know. It's, it's really disappointing to me. Hopefully he rebounds from it. Like you said, um, he's probably going to get suspended. I'm thinking at least two to four games. Um, do you know the policy on it in the NFL? Like what, no. what it would be? No, I don't know. So, I mean, I, so I, it could I be more, it could be less. Yeah. I'm guessing it's at least two. I would guess maybe even three to four. Um, I mean, it's going to suck. I hope that he learns from it honestly. And, um, I hope, honestly, I'm, I'm excited that we do have being in McDermott as our coaching staff, because I feel like they'll be able to address it. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to, you know, leverage any other team penalties on them other than what the league is going to do. I did see that he will still continue to participate in the bills off season training program. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's good as long as that he's staying on track to like, he was going to start the season. Um, I mean, hopefully this motivates him and he realizes that he's just, I mean, he is young. He's what, 22, 23 years old, 24 mm-hmm. years old. So uh, he's, he is still a kid, but he's got to, he's got to grow up fast and he's got to realize what he has and the opportunity he has in front of him here where you lose, um, some defensive linemen, you know, you lose Jordan Phillips, you lose Sha- Shaq Lawson. I know you get some guys, but he's got to realize that, um, the reason why it doesn't hurt so, so bad losing those guys that. I had great seasons for us last year because we're confident in his ability and you're hoping that he can be an every down player and be a disruptive uh, tackle for us. So I think he's got to mature um, and he's got to learn from this, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed by it. Um, and uh, it's going to, it's going to hurt when he's out for those first couple games to start the year for us. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously disappointing. I think that's all bills fans can agree on that. Um, but I guess the thing that you kind of opened up with like is what I'm, also more curious and, and and I don't want to make this like more of a story that needs to be or anything, but we don't really have anything else to talk about. Um, you said like, you know, what is he doing? Like it's quarantine. Like, where are you going? Like, I hope this just doesn't mean that he has like some other underlying issues going on. Like, why is he carrying a pistol? First of all, like, why are you like, like, obviously like you don't know why he's driving drunk. Like, but is he trying to get, get away from something? Like, I don't know. Just, just speculating on this. Like, hopefully there's not anything like deeper to it than him just being a young, stupid kid. Um, like you said, I mean, we all, 
done stupid things. But when you're in the NFL, you got to grow quick, like you said, and hopefully you can put it behind them and, and move forward. I'm also interested, you brought it up, if there's any, any like team punishments. Uh, I was going to ask the same thing. Like if you thought, you know, McDermott being after his suspension are going to, you know, limit his snaps or even suspend him further. Um, I don't know, but I think he was going to be a, obviously an integral part to, part to the de- defensive tackles this year and um, kind of a reason why I wasn't too worried about them not going out and getting a big name guy. But, you know, when he goes out and does this and suspends himself or gets himself in trouble, it's kind of tough moving forward. So, yeah, hopefully he can turn around. Hopefully he figures this out. Hopefully it was just a stupid patch as a, as a young kid. And and um, that's it's over. You know, I mean, hopefully this is literally the last time we talk about it, something like that with anybody on the team, but especially a young rookie. Um, moving along after that news, I didn't really think we had anything else for the Bills. Um, the only other thing that I had on the docket here, you brought it up, was there might be a little bit of an NHL return this announcement this week, Yeah. Yeah, I saw a little tweet from Pierre Lebrun saying that maybe we should be expecting an announcement from the league this week about their plans to restart the uh, season that is put on hold for the uh, corona pandemic, obviously. So uh, I think I was reading a little bit into it. Again, I don't know if this is all speculation. This could be all hearsay. Um, So we'll see if we do see an announcement about what their plans are, but from what I'm reading is that the NHL is exploring kind of this 24 team format where uh, they pick the 12 best teams based on your winning percentage from each each conference um, from when the season ended, or I guess was put on hold. Um, And they would pick two locations, one from the, from in the West and one in the East where all 12 of those teams would report to and play all, you know, the rest of their games at those two locations. Um, from what I'm understanding, it's there's some sort of it's not going to be you finish out the regular season obviously because only 24 teams will be participating, but it's going to be some sort of uh, playing games to start and then you know some sort of playoffs to win the Stanley Cup to finish. Um, but I guess the main point here is that uh, I wanted to bring up is out, out of the 31 teams, 24 teams make it and the Sabres will still not make the playoffs or will still not resume playing hockey if this was to happen because they are not with, in one of the top 24 teams in the NHL. So, I mean, that is just uh, – I mean, if, if, the, if this does happen, if the NHL does restart um, and we do see hockey again this summer, it's going to boggle my mind if we start next season and Bottero is still the general manager of this team. I mean, I was looking at it because I – when I saw that, I'm like, 24 teams, oh, the Sabres should be in that, right? And no, they're still not. So then I was like, okay, what, what's going on here? I looked in – if you look at the Sabres' last six drafts, um, the Sabres have picked in the top 10 of those last six drafts six times. So they've picked in, they've had six top 10 picks in the last six drafts. Three out of those six have been top two picks. So we've drafted Reinhardt, Eichel, and Darlene in three out of those last six drafts. You could arguably say that – two out of those three players should be first rounders, even though two of them were, or sorry, first picks because Eichel was in the McDavid draft. If he was in any other draft, he'd easily be the first pick of the draft. So they basically have two number one picks, a second overall pick, and then three more top 10 players in the last six drafts. So you think right there that we should be able to have, I don't know, two, two lines that could score goals for you and a solid first pair of D. And I don't think we have any of that. So 
it's just it's just a nightmare. I was looking at the draft where we took Nylander. I know that wasn't Botterill, but you look at that draft and they did it. They missed on almost every pick. Like there's not one guy in that draft that's remotely close to playing for the Sabers. Um, but I just something. It's it's just been constant turmoil, turmoil, turmoil. And I think this would just you know really put the spotlight on how bad the situation is for the Sabers when you have 24 teams playing quote unquote playoff hockey and you're not part of that, those 24 teams when you haven't made the playoffs since 2010. Yeah. But do you, th- do you, are you really surprised? Like we knew we would know, we, we know that they're bad and not going to make a top 24 roster here. I didn't, I didn't realize they weren't going to make a top 24. I think everybody's kind of not, you know, too surprised. I, I don't know. I think kind of, we've kind of, you know, almost beaten the dead horse on how bad the Sabres are. I'm, I'm more interested in this playoff format as a whole. Like, like the the Sabres, I I don't know. To me, this wasn't like a surprise that they weren't going to be in this, you know, continued season if it ever came up. Um, But, but isn't that crazy though? Like, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if people appreciate that. No, no, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's crazy. I think it's that you just miss on. Yeah. But okay. But arguably, um, no, 100 percent. You can't miss on that those many at all. I'm not defending that, but arguably, I mean, the Darlene and Eichel pick, right? Those are the right picks, and then the Reinhardt pick. You know, people, you definitely could have gotten better, but at the time, it's all hindsight. Anyway, that's not, I guess, the point I'm trying to make. Um, I guess it's just we've been, you know, before this hold on the season, we've been bagging the Sabers so bad, and and. I guess I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I guess I wasn't surprised that they wouldn't be in the top 24. The other point I want to bring up is I agree completely when you say like, you know, how is Botterill? Because even though maybe I'm saying like, oh, I'm not surprised. I guess when it actually does happen, you're kind of like, wow, That's you know, they I'm are saying. in. Like, okay. Yeah. It gets brought to light and you like realize the situation. Right. And okay. you look at the players that like were given to him and he can't build around those pieces when you have, basically you have three yeah. Even though you missed on these other three picks, like very badly, I think. I don't know. Middle set maybe still up to grabs. And, and Cousins, we don't know what we have in him yet. But Nylander was a complete flop. But you have three basically cornerstone guys that you can build your franchise around, and you, and you don't. Like, nothing. I'd say our, our only the, the only thing that he's done was bringing in Jeff Skinner. And he's even had kind of a rough year this year, too. Yeah. But, like I, I just think that when that's brought to light, and you have a player like Jack Eichel, who like you see players like Mark Sh- Mark Shifley saying that he should be the MVP of the league, and you're in your team, if you have the MVP of the, the, the league, you know, allegedly, arguably, and you are not in one of the top twenty four, you know, teams of the league. If I'm Terry Pagula, I'm I'm wondering like, what am I doing with my with my life? Like, how is this guy? How do I have my franchise in this guy's hand right now? Yeah. So, so, I, so going off, yeah. So going off that, like you said, like if he's still a general manager by the end of this, like, like what, what what's going on? I, I obviously agree with you. We both said we want him out. I think in a way, this whole quarantine hold on the season thing has been the best thing for Botterill that's could have happened. Like he got, he's hundred percent. He's getting, he's getting saved here. I mean, I mean, during the season, right. He's getting slandered left and right by fans on Twitter, on in the media and just getting, bashed each and every way on every radio station. Why isn't he making this trade? Why isn't he doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Rightfully so. I'm not defending the guy like he, he should have been getting bashed. But now, you know, all the all the focus, all of a sudden the season puts on hold, all the focus goes to obvious, I mean, rightfully so, also 
you know, quarantine and coronavirus and how to stop that and how to, you know, stay safe and then hopefully resume sports at a later time. Um, obviously, there's different priorities when a world pandemic hits. But I mean, Botterill just kind of, you know, he's, you know, just chilling under in his bed right now in quarantine. He's a rich GM and everybody's kind of, you know, we haven't forgotten about him as Sabres fans. They're always going to remember how we have this guy who's struggling to run our team with, like you said, an MVP guy. But with no, with no hockey going on, you know, there's not as much to talk about. Right. And so you're not talking about how bad the Sabres are. You're not talking about bottle on the moves that he's not making. You're not talking about, about any of that. So I can very much see as, as much as it sucks, as much as it pains me to say, I could very much see what you're worried about of this team kind of just sliding in, you know, through this, to this off season into next year with him still at the helm. Like, I just think it's been masked so much that they're going to just give him another go for some odd reason. And, and that's what worries me. And that's why I want this to happen. I, like, I think one of the worst situations that could have happened, I, you know, I, when I read this, I'm glad that the Sabres aren't in the top 24. And I'm glad they're not going to be in the theoretical field when this does happen again. Because I think uh, the worst thing that could happen... No, I know, I know what you're going to say is, like, I'd like to watch him play, and I'd like yeah, to see him... I mean, I still, still want to yeah. see him play, 100%. Yeah, but... I know, what you're, I know was, what you're going to say, though. Yeah, yeah. I think the worst thing that could happen was they would slide in into like the 23, 24 spot and somehow sneak out of a, a best of three playing series so they get into some, you know, they quote unquote advance in this fake playoff format. And so the Sabres fans get this kind of hype and then they, you know, they end up losing or whatever. But they have this feel good feeling now that, oh, the Sabres kind of have a shot that they can compete, that they're going to, you know, have. And then Botterill keeps his job based on this, like, fake playoffs. Well, so, so that's the thing that separates, though. And, that, and that's why the Sabres are a bad organization. Because to me, that's what separates a good organization from a bad organization is that if the, say, theoretically, the Sabres did sneak into that 23rd, 24th spot and did, like you said, you know, won a best two out of three, main in the playoffs, whatever, made a little bit of a run. A bad organization sees that and says, hey, look at what we did here. We still have something to build on. Let's keep all the same guys, maybe add a few pieces to the GM, keep them, and move forward. A good organization sees how bad they were the entire rest of the year and sees that it was just a little bit of a glimmer of hope and still you know, acts as that guy. And I don't have that trust in the Pagulas and the Sabres organization, which sucks, but that's, that shouldn't be our, you know, our worry. Like You see teams all the time that make it to the World Series, make it to the finals, and they still fire their coach after the season because they didn't win that big game. And that's what makes a good organization a good organization. The pr- the problem with the Sabres is we have to worry about that. Like we have to worry that if they somehow didn't make it in and you know win a couple games here, we have to worry because our our organization is in such turmoil that they would see that as a positive, right? You know what I'm saying is like I would love to see the Sabres sneak and make a run if this if the organization would still fired GM Jason Bottle after the year because that's still the right move even though they you know had a little bit of a of a run but that's just not what's going to happen that's what separates these you know better organizations with sustained success yeah. you know what I'm saying is it's they know when to make that move even if they're at the top when they don't get over the hump they still make a couple of those moves in order to get over the hump and I think this just stems back to the fact that I, the point that I've made timeless times again that I don't know if you agree with but I just don't think that the Pagulas have the bandwidth or the interests or I don't know what it is to, to run the Sabres. I just, I just yeah. don't think they, they're, you know, their priorities lie there. They are so focused on the bills, which is great. I mean, obviously they're doing great things with the bills. We see how they've kind of turned the ship around there with hiring Bean McDermott and, you know, made the playoffs the three last three years. They love to hang their hats on that. 
like I was talking before, you see Terry Pabula at the field of every Bills game. You barely see him when you're at the Sabres game. You don't show him at all. Like he just seems so disconnected with that franchise that I feel like it's like it's like I feel, I feel like I'm watching the Sabres more than Terry Pabula is, and he owns the team, right? And so I feel like he's so not qualified to make some of these decisions. It's kind of like his side hobby. It's like oh. It's when the Bills are in their offseason, I got this other team that I kind of pay attention to. But when they suck, it's like, whatever, I'm still making money off of them. That's kind of the vibe I get off of yeah, like, from him. I, and I'm, I'm never going to get on him. Like, I'll never be the guy to say that he needs to sell the franchise just because he saved them. Like, they were going to, there was all this turmoil. Or, you know, I mean, people forget easily that years ago before he bought this team, that they were close to being a. Uh, moved out of Buffalo and we might not have had the Sabres if it wasn't for Terry Bagula. But I think it's to the point where he needs to realize that he can't do both. He's got, he's obviously a shrewd businessman. So he's got, you know, other work priorities he's got to deal with. He's got the bills, which he's heavily involved in and he's got the Sabres. Like that is a lot on your plate. And I don't think any human being should have, like should be able to take that on and, and be able to be successful in all of that. So, I mean, I think it's to the point where he needs to find, I don't know, hire somebody to be like a president of hockey operations type of deal. Um, I don't know if that's the answer. To be honest, the ownership is very, is struggling very, very hard with the Sabres right now. And I feel so so disconnected that like you were saying, I, I'm just not confident in their decision-making. I'm not confident in their ability to, to see through, um, I guess these kind of, glimpses of success that we've we've seen with Eichel and Darlene and, and such so I don't yeah, know I, and I and I agree I'll I'll say this I agree like with all what you said with you know Pegula and I've kind of come to that you know realization that he maybe doesn't you know like the or I, I don't, for lack of a better term like the Sabres as much as the Bills I guess the only reason why I've always been I guess maybe a little bit more argumentative when it came to that point is because like in a perfect world, right? That's what you want is your owner to like, like you said, you feel like you're watching the Sabres more than, you know, Terry Pegula. Well, I think that's just kind of the reality of most, you know, not just Buffalo sports franchises. I think that's kind of the reality of literally every sports franchise across every sport is that the owners are in this for the money there. You know, the fans probably even care more than some of the players do. So uh, I do agree with you. You know, he needs to kind of focus on that more, maybe hire president of hockey ops and everything. And, and all that, but like in an ideal world, yeah, he's going to be super invested. But I think that's where I kind of, uh, you know, I don't get as upset about it as you do, maybe just because I think all across other sports and other franchises, owners aren't involved and, and they still seem to get it done. It just, it just kind of the, the one thing that triggers me is the his relationship with, I guess, or, or when to know to pull the trigger on Botterill. I, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just the GM. Then once you get the right GM, like he, it's his job to run the team, it's, and that comes with the connection, like you're saying. But um, I don't. Know. There's, there's definitely owners across other teams that you know. I know that Boston Bruins complain about their owner all the time, but you know they've been a franchise and a powerhouse for the past twenty years. So yeah, so, I mean, it just seems like I don't know. He, he just kind of has missed a lot on the Sabres since he took took him over. I mean, yeah. he ended up. He's, he came in and with the gung-ho attitude where he's just going to let it fly in free agency with the pocketbook. And we gave those monster contracts to Billy Leno and uh, Christian Erhoff, which was a disaster. And then, you know, every coaching decision seems like it's been kind of brutal so far. Every front office, you know, personnel decision hasn't panned out. So yeah, it just seems like he's it's too many misses in a row for 
something yeah. to not it's 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 like the definition of insanity right i mean we've been doing this for 10 years now and ever since he took over we've never made the playoffs so right. i mean we're it seems like we're doing the same thing over recycling coaches recycling gms or and we're the same things are happening and with the with better players right because I, I don't think anybody's gonna argue that i think we have a better team now than we did five years ago probably right so i don't yeah. know well yep I guess yeah. So I guess well we'll see. You know if he does make that right call this this coming off season and and give uh, Bottle the boot or you know if he makes this right call coming up and does something with the Sabers. I guess we'll see what happens. We'll see if I know there's been rumors about Sabers. You know getting new ownership or whatever. You know time will tell. It always does, and that's the beauty of it. We'll see what what ends up happening. Um, I think that first step is if Botterill is going to be the GM next year or not. And that'll kind of be the icing on the cake for everybody. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I, that kind of puts a cap on hockey talk. I'd say I am excited though. Uh, you know, not Sabres talk, just if the, if hockey does resume, which I think it is a little bit more likely than we both would have thought a couple of weeks ago, you know, with kind of things starting to get a little bit better States reopening, like we said, and playing with no fans. It looks like a little bit more hope there. So other than Sabres, you know, if that happens, Hey, I'm all for it. Ready to watch some, some playoff hockey. So give me all that. But, um, yeah, I gotta, I, I, it would be sick if hockey opened first week of July. And then if baseball opening day was like that same week too. Yeah. So and just get, get like it all back at once. And, and, uh, opening day of baseball first week, that would be pretty sweet, uh, redemption to the summer there. hundred percent, hundred percent. But, um, other than that, I think we kind of wrapped everything up here. Um, nothing else on your end, eh? No, I'm all good. Yep. All good. All right. Well, that puts a wrap on episode 40. We we'll be back again next week uh, for episode 41. And um, you guys have a great week. Go Bills, go Sabres as always. And uh, we'll see you next week. If you blink, you might miss it. You got to click it or ticket. You got to go get the get it before it's gone. End it quickly. Is it been gone? Life is short as a midget, but mine's a little LeBron. Been a minute since Eminem was a blonde. I need a peace prize, mom invented the bomb A nigga wanted more, I would only sit on the lawn A nigga up next, like Charlie sent a cologne I'm about to book a show at the gym, still did my dumb I still get hit up Sony today and get along And shout out to Miss Sylvia Rome, we get along But that boy advance gotta be bigger than Diddy Kong I need stock and it gotta be Pippi Long Can't stop, won't stop bopping like Diddy Song My next tour got eight legs like Daddy Long I'm about to have two kids that like Daddy Song We can be out here pleasing everybody oh.